The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, July the 8th, and we are rolling through our defensive rankings. We covered the offensive rankings last week. You can still go back and listen to those. They are evergreen, like a lot of our off-season content. We also have an all-32 uh, you know, list. We cover every single NFL team. Maybe the only ones that aren't worth uh, rehashing would be the uh, Patriots and the Chiefs because we didn't talk about Patrick Mahomes' contract or uh, Cam Newton signing with New England, but we have emergency podcasts for those of you who listen to them. We said goodbye to Sean Wagner McGuff uh, with a mailbag uh, show on Monday, which you can listen to in the feed as well. And reminder that we will continue to do mailbags every Monday throughout the off season. If you want to have a question answered, go to Apple Podcasts. Leave a five star review and we will answer it. Anything you want to ask us. Uh, what would like, what, what law school we would want to attend if we were leaving the profession to do that? Um, I would probably say Wake Forest for me if you were curious, but probably aren't. Uh, you know, parenting questions for John Breach, whatever it is. Uh, let's get to the defensive back rankings with a guy who played the position, the one, the only Brian McFadden. BMAC, what's up? What's up, Will? How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Um, Patrick Mahomes, by the way, five hundred million dollars. Yo, yo, that that I mean, I'm excited for Pat Mahomes. I'm excited for, I guess you know, the NFL, you know, making this a reality because I never thought I would see the day in my lifetime that an NFL contract would trump any other professional sport contract. Right? That's yeah. amazing. I mean, he he made more than Mike Trout, which is. Insane because professional football players, as, as you well know, unfortunately don't have fully guaranteed contracts and typically get shafted uh, in the contract realm relative to baseball and, and, and basketball players and, and not the case of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and, and think about this. Uh, Pat Mahomes' entire contract, granted, if he fulfilled everything when it comes to the years and, 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 and numbers, incentives, would be over $500 million, right? Is that Is roughly he- what you made in your career? I wish. <laughs> hey, if I made that much, we'd be doing this podcast on a yacht somewhere. Uh, BMAC, if, if either of us made that much, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. I'd just be on a yacht, not podcasting. Yo, Will, we love sports so much, especially football. We, we would be probably doing a podcast. That's true. Be, yeah, from a, from be, a yacht, which would, you know, I think podcasting from a yacht, like your, your vibe would be very, very relaxed. I'd have yeah, a, yeah, yeah, we'd be sitting on, sitting on the top of a yacht with like a microphone casually talking. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you probably have an alcoholic beverage and I have a bottle of water. I would have a mimosa, that is correct. A mimosa and a lobster tail. (laughs) I would definitely have a lobster tail with you. Yeah, I might go. But but check this out real quick before we get into the show. Something I just saw, the Amazon CEO, he makes $500 every 36 hours. That's 
that's pretty insane. That's 12 years, 10 years, 12 years of Patrick Mahomes is working as the best quarterback in professional football. And Jeff Bezos makes that every, like every day and a half. Yeah. Every 36 hours is, is what, is what I saw. He might have too much money. I think so. Although, I, the, although frankly, if like, at the, the rate, thing he had, at the rate my wife orders Amazon packages, I'm pretty sure like 50 million of that is coming from here. I mean, yeah, like, we, I, we all pay his salary. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, we, we all pay his salary. It's okay though, I guess. Make him the president next time around. <laughs> He's got enough money. Go, go put no some quit. business, go, no put some, go put some business sense in America. Um, yes. anyway. Let's move on. That's a great stat there, by the way. Fun fact. Uh, let's go on to the cornerback rankings, and we'll get to the safeties after the break. Uh, of course, you played uh, cornerback in the NFL. Who was the toughest to leave? Because it's, it's not easy. Like, you you know, you're, you're, you're putting it out there. Your name's on the list, this list. Uh, who was the toughest to leave off for you? Wow. I had a few guys, a few young guys that I really like. Um, Denzel Ward mm. was a name that was tough for me to leave off. Um, Byron Jones was another name that was tough for me to leave off. Xavier Howard was another name. Um, Jair Alexander. Yeah. Um, I, I really like his game. I think he is definitely heading in that top 10 direction. Um, so those were some of the noteworthy names that were, that, that were left off my list. And I think for me, when I look at cornerback play, will and listeners, I like to see three skill sets. Um, Number one, your coverage, your ability to cover, um, press, man to man, zone. Um, you're very, very impactful in deep in doing either or, right? And then number two, tackling, you know, tackling, yeah. you know, being involved, not necessarily in run support, but you're not a liability when it comes to that element. Um, uh, uh, when it comes to that element of your game. And then the third thing that I, I look for is creating possessions for your offense, mm. right? And that can either come with pass, uh, pass breakups on third down, you know, forcing turnovers via interceptions, uh, fumbles or recovering fumbles, but you're always around the football to some degree. And interceptions are just like sacks. They will oh, provide yeah. an opportunity for your offense to get extra possessions. So those are the three criteria. Those are the th- three things that I look for. That's my criteria. When you look at cornerback play, you know, coverage, being consistent in your coverage, man, zone, um, tackling and creating possessions for your offense. So you want to, so you, you love a ball hawk, but you also want a well-rounded guy who can stop the run, can limit, you know, the big plays and who can also be versatile in terms of, d- does it matter to you? Um, whether guys can play outside, nickel, both. I mean, does that, does that affect you or do you sort of separate? I mean, uh, if you can, if you can do both extremely well, that, that's definitely a plus. Um, but the majority of my guys that's on this list, um, basically are outside guys. Right. So you have a few guys that can move around inside and a few guys that are following the opposing team's top pass catcher. You know, they might line them up in the slot. So that will require the defender to line up in the slot as well. Uh, so like Chris, cause like Chris Harris, I don't think made the list, right? Was he no, a guy? He had a down, he had a down year last and, year. And, and Chris Harris was another name that was difficult to leave off as well for me. Sure, sure, for sure. Uh, all right, let's get to it. The, uh, the, the, the bottom five on this list, we'll start with that. Uh, Casey Hayward at 10, Richard Sherman yep. at nine, Darius mm-hmm. Slay eight, Marshawn Lattimore seven, Marcus Peters 
six. Peters, uh, obvi- uh has been on the show. Uh, Richard Sherman is too, by the way. A huge ball hawk in Peters. Uh, a little surprised to see Richard Sherman that low, but I, I like that you had Darius Slay on this list. He, I don't think he made Patrick Walker's top ten defensive back list for the site. Yeah, and I don't think Richard Sherman made, uh, Pat's list as well. What? Really? There were, there are a few names that didn't make his list. I don't think Marshawn Lattimore made his list. Marlon Humphrey didn't make his list. There were quite a few names that as you go through, uh, my entire list that didn't make, uh, Pat's list as well. Hmm. I'm looking up the list now to see if Richard, Richard Sherman just has to be on the list. Yeah. I mean, for me, and, and I had to have him in my top 10. Because he played so well. He was terrific last year. And, 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 and in totality, there are only two forgettable plays that's associated with Richard Sherman from a year ago. Mm. Um, the Green Bay Packer playoff, uh, uh, catch he gave up to Devontae Adams. Uh, granted, the game was out of reach, but you know, he got beat deep on that one. And then Sammy Watkins in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Outside of that, right? Richard Sherman was on his A game. And yeah, he's getting up there in age. But the thing that I love about Richard Sherman, why he's on my list, is two things, right? Richard, speed has never been one of his strongest attributes in his game, right? He's always been a cerebral corner, very, very instinctive, being able to study, to put himself in positions to be successful. We saw that last year. So, yeah, people may say, well, he's declining when it comes to the athleticism or the speed. That That's never been his specialty. But when you combine his instincts, the mental game, with that defense, with that pass rush, yes, I think he's going to have a pretty another another good year, similar to what he did last year. Two things on Sherman. One, I would say the like, yeah, speed's not his thing. In fact, he struggles if he's forced to match up against like really smaller shift. Like, you don't want Richard Sherman covering Tyreek Hill for a full game. I mean, nobody can cover Terry Kill, but you know, the point being is like a smaller shifty wide receiver. Like Sherman's not, you know, you don't, you don't like, you want to, you don't want anybody to match up against Julio Jones or Mike Evans, but Sherman is your guy, you know, like a yeah. bigger, stronger physical receiver. He's so physical, uh, especially at the, at the point of catch. And the other thing too, is like people blasted him for the contract he signed with the 49ers. It's obviously he, he threw it back in their face pretty big time, but the other thing that I think sort of flew into the radar was that Sherman, when he took that, when he, when he signed with San Francisco, he went from, you know, the Legion of Boom cover three scheme and he stayed with that because Robert Sala came from that same system. Like that was a pretty smart move by him to stick in a, in a system that he fundamentally operates well in and understands, right? Oh, no question. I mean, everything worked. Ideally for Sherman based on what he was used to in Seattle. They basically recreated that same format defensively yep. with how about their business, business and rushing the, the, the quarterback. And that's why, you know, I had to have him in my top 10 because I don't see that defense slowing down anytime soon. Um, yes, they lost with DeForest Buckner to the Colts, but you drafted Javon Kenlaw. You still have Armstead. You still have D Ford. You still have Bosa. I mean, healthy. On all three levels, that defense will be another top three, top four like defense in the National Football League. And you better believe Richard Sherman will be doing some damage in the back end because that pass rush will put him in position to be successful. Yeah. I'm very surprised that he wasn't on the top ten list for, for Patrick Walker, but you know what? It's uh to each his own on the list. Um Slay, how do you how do you see Darius Slay performing now that he gets his change of scenery? Clearly unhappy 
in Detroit and now gets to go to Philadelphia where they, they badly need defensive back help. Yes, they've been searching for just defensive back help for some years now, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, I really like uh, this spot for Slay because, number one, he goes to a competitive type of organization. Um, the, the Detroit Lions, for such a long time, they've just been, at best case scenario, a, a, a middle-tier-like team. That's, right? that's being generous. And, and I'm being generous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So a, a lot of the good things that Slade has been doing has kind of been going unnoticed because the team has been going unnoticed because they haven't been competitive. But one thing I like about Slade, he's a number one corner. Um, looking at some of his numbers from a year ago, listeners, going against noteworthy number one pass catchers that he faced. Amari Cooper, three receptions for 38 yards. Uh, Terry McLaurin, who had a real good year for Washington last year, four receptions for 41. Cortland Sutton, who I love as a receiver. I think he's going to have a huge year for the Broncos. Yeah. Four receptions for 28 yards. Devontae Adams, four receptions for 63 yards. Allen Robinson, four receptions for 41 yards. And that was the only touchdown he surrendered against those type of wide receivers. Uh, man to man following matchups was that one touchdown to Allen Robinson. So you put him. In that defensive philosophy there in Philadelphia, and they have some pretty uh, uh, nice pieces when you look at rushing the passer as well. Uh, I, I think he's going to have a good, a, a, another Darius Slade-like season, like year. But people will be talking about him because we will see it. Mm. We're going to pay more attention to what he's doing based on the organization he's going to be with, and because of that, he's in my top ten based on what he's done in years past. Last year, played pretty good football, but also being able to go to Philadelphia, I think, will help his uh, stats and, of course, his his, his production. Uh, so Marshawn Lattimore, I believe, tweeted about Patrick Walker's list. He was 10th on, on Patrick's list. Would okay. he – and he did not tweet happily about it. Um, would he be happy to see himself at number seven, or do you think he – do you think he thinks he should be higher than that? I mean, if you're a competitive, no, no question. If you're not one, two, or three, you probably think you should be higher. And I'm okay with that. I have Lattimore. Actually, I want to ask you about that because Ryan Wilson and I were talking about this yesterday. So, like, when you were playing, this is this is this is something only like a dumb, short, unathletic podcast host would ask. But like, when you were playing, did you believe that you were the best cornerback in football? No, because I played with Darrell Revis. Right, right. right. Well, (laughs) that's a great point. Um, I asked that. I asked it because do you remember when D. Milner, after he was drafted by the Jets? He was asked yeah. before the season when you they were like, who's the best cornerback in football? He's like, I am. It was like, no, you're not. Like, you have no, to know not. that you're not, right? Like, you have to yeah. know that. You, I just, you, know, you, you have to be realistic. But the thing about these guys that I have on my list, they all can make a case for they, they should be in the top three. Okay. That's you know fair. what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and it might, some, some people might say that could be a bit far-fetched, but I think the majority will be like, oh, I could see that. You know, you make some key points here and there. Uh, but for your example with D. Milliner, you hadn't played yet. It was interesting, yet. too, because, and I think that, like, Stephon Gilmore, and we'll get to him in a minute, but he might have taken the role. But for so long, like when you were playing, I think probably your entire career, because you, you, you drafted in. You I was drafted in 05, so I came into the league. Yeah. Camp Bailey still was playing. But there was, there was a number yeah. one, there was always, like, the best corner. Like, it, whether it was Champ. And then Revis, like there was just a guy who was like clearly like the title Charles belt holder. Woodson. Yeah, Woodson. exactly. Woodson, yeah, yeah. So 
when I came into the league, man, you had some established guys. And I'm before Revis, but Revis came in and, you know, dominated, especially I think 2008, 2009 season. Yeah. But Tampa Bailey was still playing top tier football. Um, Charles Woodson, of course, when he went to Green Bay, he just went to a whole nother level. Um, Debo, Debo's trying to get me, Debo's trying to get me to talk about Asante Samuel. As Asante, Asante, Asante Samuels, shout out to Broward County. You know, who did, who did he, who did he, who is he making, who is he trash talking, uh, Daryl Green? Daryl Green. Daryl Green. Come on, Asante. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Asante, uh, his Twitter handle, at pick six underscore 22 or something like that. He's a, uh, yes, yeah, so I guess we should have him on the, we should have him on the podcast to talk about pick sixes just cause, you know, whatever. Let's get him on. Um, speaking of pick sixes, nobody does them like Marcus Peters, man. No question. And, and, and I have Peters six on my list. The thing that I, that I love about Peters, like you said, he's probably one of the best ball hawking corners in the National Football League. When he's dialed in, right? When he's dialed in, he can go. But sometimes we've seen Peters not be as dialed in. But I think with Baltimore, with the expectations they have, especially on the defensive side, right, and the structure they have in place, I think they will get the best Marcus Peters that he has to offer. Now, the issue that I have with Peters not being as high because Peters is a top four, top three, like, ball-hawking guy. But tackling, yeah, that's the thing. And you remember, the, the three things that I'm looking for is coverage, consistency and coverage, right? Being able to provide extra possessions for your offense, turnovers or PBUs, and then tackling. That is the one area of concern that I have with Peters. And the thing is, sometimes he doesn't go about tackling like he goes about coverage. Because mm. I've seen him tackle. Because the thing about Peters, he can he's like Charles Peanut Tillman. I mean, he attacks the football. But every time you can't attack the football, and there lies an opportunity to have missed tackles. Yeah, I mean, I think his – I think I think that you did a perfect job of describing it. Like, no one wants to say that he's uh, – like, like, you're not trying to say, like, he's not mentally checked in all the time. But he's just yeah. a guy who's like he. It's it's. You remember the old criticism of Randy Moss, where it was like, Randy Moss only runs the route when he knows the pass is cut. Like he like like when Marcus Peters knows that ball is coming near him, he's gonna attack like crazy. But like he he's just a guy who like it's like he's not he's not a consistent like he like he doesn't his motor doesn't run consistently. Like he you know what I'm saying? Like he he's aggressive. That's just how you are if you're that aggressive. Like you're just going to attack aggressively when you know a pass play is coming, like a third and 15 or something like that, versus maybe a first and 10, and he's sort of eased back and he knows he's not going to have to be covering somebody. Does that, does that make sense the way I'm describing it? Yeah, and, and, and but I'm hyped about Peters and the Baltimore Ravens uniform yeah. because that's the thing that has championship aspirations. Yeah, three picks in, in 10 games. And look, when he came over, that defense flipped. Like yeah. it, it went What's from being a – Question to being like a, a, a top two defense. All right, uh, your, your, uh, your top five. Marlon Humphrey, also yes, of the sir. Ravens. Man. Yes, sir. I, I, I love, I love Marlon Humphrey's game, man. His Humphrey game, um, 15 games, 60 plus tackles, 14 PBUs, three interceptions, two forced fumbles. And he's a guy that you talked about earlier, you know, when we got the show going about being able to play the nickel or the outside corner. He does both. Last year, he was the nickel back for Baltimore. Uh, he excelled in that position. I just love, he's a football player. He's a football player. They have two bookend corners, um, Baltimore, that is, with Peters and Humphrey, and they complement each other nicely. And he's in my top five. He didn't even make Patrick's uh, top ten, but I have him as, as my fifth best corner. Okay. And at number four, 
Your pal. Pat P. Pat P. The, yeah. The senior of the group. You know, it's kind of funny to say that, but, you know, Pat is basically the senior of this group, him and Richard Sherman. Um, but Pat P, man, I think he's going to have a huge year. You know, we've, we've already been talking, uh, together about expectations for this season and he's shooting for the stars. Uh, you know, he kind of got, he was behind the eight ball a little bit last year, you know, because of the suspension and then it kind of got some time. It took some time for him to get into rhythm. Uh, but he, he showed flashes of the top tier player that he is. And I think this season, especially with some of the new pieces, I think he's going to excel once again. My only concern with Pat is not necessarily who he is as a player, as an individual. Some of the new pieces they have on the defense. And whenever you add so many different faces, it takes some time for everything to gel the right way. I mean, there's a good chance they could have maybe three or four new starters on that defense. Now, they needed a lot of help, but I think being able to get those new pieces in place, and especially with this abnormal um, off-season program, no OTAs, no mini camps, and not knowing exactly how a training camp will unfold, that might hurt the chemistry with the defense. But I think Pat P, man, he's going to have a huge year this year. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Pat P is that he, for so long, was the best man coverage corner in the NFL, like just straight-up man coverage, like post-Revis anyway, because he came around in 2011 when he was drafted uh, by Arizona. And he had a monster rookie year and played really well. Um it feels like we sort of forgotten about him a little bit. Just, just generally speaking, maybe it's because he plays in Arizona. Uh, maybe it's because of the suspension. Maybe it's because in, in 2018, when he had a good year, but you know, he was used in incorrectly in, in the opinion of many and probably in the opinion of Patrick Peterson, uh, in Steve Wilkes scheme. And so now I would assume that they're going to try and stick with having him trail the best receiver on, on each team, right? Yeah. And, and that's what he looked, looked forward to doing. Um, you know, he, that, that's who he is. He wants, he wants that challenge every snap, you know, every game. He's looking for the opposing team, best wide receivers, and he's one of the best man to man corners in the game. Uh, Tredavious White at number three put some respect on his name. He was, uh, he, he was listed he was, at number, he was number seven on, uh, on Patrick Walker's list. And that's my, that's my biggest beef. Tredavious White's a stud. He's a stud. He's a stud. I mean, for me, Trey White, could be two or three, either, either, either position I'm okay with. I have him third on my list and we're talking about who the number two guy is. And I tell you why that number two guy is number two, but Trey White had a breakout year last year, six interceptions, seven PBUs, man. Uh, and I'm really excited about Trey White this season because you add Josh Norman with something to prove he has a chip on his shoulder. In a, in a scheme, in a scheme that he knows too. Yeah. And they added some pieces, uh, to the defensive line. I think they're, First, their two deep, deep defensive line is probably the probably one of the best two deep lines in the National Football League on the defensive side. But yeah, Trey White, man, Trey White has he's exceeded the expectations that Buffalo had for him. I think as a fan, he's exceeded the expectations, and he's I don't see him slowing down anytime soon, especially if he's healthy. And the thing I love about Trey White, outside of the known, which is creating turnovers, um, he's he's a great man corner. He's a great zone. He does both extremely well. You know, the um, the interesting thing about Trey White is that, and since Patrick Mahomes just got paid, it's worth noting that the Bills they trade, gave Kansas City that pick. That's right. They yeah. Yeah, well, but they traded down to twenty seven from yeah. ten. The Bills, the, yeah, and they took Trey White, who is not Patrick Mahomes, but like th- Trey White at twenty seven is, is was a really, really, really good pick, and just another stud defensive back at LSU. They crank him out left and right. 
Um, you know, and you look at that, this draft too. Marshawn Lattimore 11, Marlon Humphrey 16. I mean, Trey White at, yeah, at, at 27. I mean, that's, that's one of the better picks of the, of the first round to get him when you, when you factor in the value and like where you got him, et cetera, et cetera. And I got I mean, three, three of those guys from the same draft in my top 10. That's right. Yeah. Really good cornerback draft. Uh, number two. Guy who did not fall to 27, Jalen Ramsey on his second team after being traded by the Jaguars to the Rams. So a few years ago, uh, top five pick due for a contract extension. And, and we tease it. So we're going to mention Stephon Gilmore, number one. Uh, but what, what made you put Ramsey over Tredavious White? And do you think Ramsey is primed for a huge bounce back season? Um, the reason why I put Ramsey over Trey White, now granted, it was a very, very peculiar year for him because he was disgruntled. He basically forced him his way out of Jacksonville, got traded to a new system. It t- kind of took some time for him to understand what they were doing because he's an ultimate man corner. But just from the individual, right, in totality, when you look at both players' body of work with the expectations coming into this season with both players being healthy, Jalen Ramsey has established a real nice resume so far in his career. I mean, if you're telling me you don't know exactly what you're going to do defensively, you don't know who you're going to have on the defensive side, but I need me a corner that can follow whoever it is and go war-to-war, toe-to-toe with that player, snap in and snap out, I'm taking Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey has battled against DeAndre Hopkins throughout his career. And and, and D-Hop would tell you the respect he has for Jalen. Remember that matchup with two years ago in Jacksonville against Antonio Brown? I'd never seen a corner handle Antonio Brown the way Jalen did in Jacksonville that Sunday afternoon, right? What he did against Tyreek Hill, I think it was last year before he got suspended. I think that's when Kansas City played uh, Jacksonville before yeah. Jalen got suspended in Jacksonville in Arrowhead. I mean, seeing how patient he was at the line of scrimmage, and then you talk about Tyreek, uh, uh, I mentioned Tyreek Hill, T.Y. Hilton, who uh, played against Julio last year. I mean, this is a guy that always stands up to the test. And then the the deciding factor for me between Trey White and Jalen Ramsey, tackling. Mm. Jalen Ramsey tackle. He can, t- and I'm not saying Trey White can't tackle. I just think Jalen does it better. The Ramsey, and again, I sort of, I would sort of liken it a little bit to Patrick Peterson in the sense that because Jalen Ramsey, you know, you had 2018 where he was he he had that huge All Pro season in 2017. And then he did all the features, you know, GQ, ESPN, the Mag, with Mina Kimes, all, you know, the, the, the full car wash of the features that, that always, yep. like Baker did it last year and it, it always gets you in trouble. He does all that and then comes in and he's not happy with the team and, and the Jaguars stink in 2018. And, and so they all sort of struggle. And then he gets traded in the middle of, uh, in the middle of the season, which last year, but it feels like forever ago. I mean, this dude is not even 26 years old and he's put together a, like one of the, better cornerback seasons we've seen in the last five years. Like he really has the potential to step forward to be a defensive player of the year. And could he like, he could unseat uh, Stefan Gilmore first overall if he, if he puts it all together this year. Right. I mean, he has a talent to do so. Now the difference between Jalen and, and Gilmore, the situation is that Gilmore, the structure that they have in New England. Yeah. Number one, you're playing for Bill Belichick, one of the best defensive masterminds in all of uh, in the entire league. Then you have pieces that understand what they're supposed to do. Stephon Gilmore did not look like the Gilmore we've seen when he was in a Buffalo Bills uniform. No. Right? The structure was not the same. Now, talent was always there, but talent without structure leads you no, nowhere. Yeah. Right? Now we're starting to see that talent c- combined with quality structure, he's taken off. You know what I mean? He's going to, to a, a whole nother planet. 
for me, that is the most important thing I have. I'm concerned with with Jalen being able to provide the structure. Everybody on the defensive side knowing exactly what they're supposed to do and doing it. Do do your job. We hear that all the time associated with the New England Patriots. And but outside of when I look at my top ten, outside of just pure when it comes to pure talent and athleticism, Jalen Ramsey is probably the second best athlete on my list behind Pat Peterson. Mm. So Gilmore, the thing with him, and I think you're, you're spot on, D-Mac, is like, because he's being utilized by Bill Belichick, it's like he's, like, you know, like Bill Belichick is going to put you in the position where you could succeed. He's not, he's not going to force you out there and just make you do whatever. And it, like, when, when Bill Belichick goes out and spends a bunch of money in free agency on somebody, that probably means that he, that they're a pretty good player. And they, I mean, you look at like his performance in Buffalo, I mean, you know, he had, he had five years there and they weren't underwhelming. He was a very good player, but they didn't, they didn't know how to utilize him correctly. And then his first year with New England was sort of down and, you know, wasn't what people expected, but he was getting used to the system. And then the last two years hold up as well as, as, as any cornerback like since like Revis basically. I mean, it, no, he's, I, he's ridiculous. The last two years, man, uh, Stefan Gilmore has been great. Yeah. He, um, he's, All right, let's uh, take a quick break, and we come back, we'll talk some safeties. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, so uh, your safety list, BMAC. This is a yes, tough, tough list to do, but it's it's kind of crazy how good the, the safeties are. The safety, the safeties around the NFL have gotten like there's a bunch of really talented guys. Uh, who was uh, who was tough to leave off of your safety list? Well, we look at my guys that I have on my top ten compared to uh, what we've done in the past. I mean, number one, let me talk about the criteria for my safety. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, good point. Uh, to 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 make my list, you have to be, you can't be a one trick pony, right? You got to be able to do multiple things well, and that will determine how high you are on my list. The versatility is something that I look for 
And I know Coach LeBeau used to talk about that all the time, you know, being able to do more. The more you can do, the more we can use you, the more successful we can be as a team. So the criteria for me is being able to do a lot and not be a liability. Tackling is clearly a huge emphasis for me. And just being around the football. It doesn't necessarily mean you got to be a turnover machine. You got to have 10 interceptions or anything like that. But just being around the football is a plus for me. You got to be around the football. So I think that is a huge emphasis for me when you talk about the safeties and the expectations when I look, what I look for in a safety. Okay. I like it. Uh, with that in mind, how hard was it to leave Mika Fitzpatrick off your list? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding. We'll get, we'll get to Mika's rank pretty high. We'll get to him in a second. Um, Eddie Jackson, Anthony Harris, Earl Thomas, Kevin Byard, and Harrison Smith, uh, were your top, uh, five, or the bottom five guys on the list. Eddie Jackson actually didn't make Patrick, I'm not, I'm not we're not trying to bash Patrick, Patrick Walker here or call into question his list. Uh, but Bears fans lit him up like a Christmas tree after he left Eddie Jackson off the list. A pretty inexplicable admission, actually. Yeah, and, and and for me, Eddie Jackson didn't have the year that you know I think he was he was expecting. But I have Eddie Jackson on my list based on his overall body of work and the expectations for him this season. Uh, in three years, ten interceptions. Twenty eighteen had a huge year, a huge year. He was always around the football. But I really love Eddie Jackson coming into this season because their defense they will be healthy. I think the offense will help their defense out because last year. Offense was so inconsistent, the defense was always in a very, very difficult position. They were in a difficult position. And on paper, from top to bottom on all three letters, I mean levels, I'm sorry, the Chicago Bears on paper, has they can have one of the best defenses in the National Football League, a top three or top five defense easily, especially if they stay healthy, along with the pass rush and, you know, the, the athletes they have on the first two levels. And I think that all will play a part in the success that Eddie Jackson will have. And especially if he stays healthy, man, he, he's a ball hawking guy. Yeah. He, uh, he can make some plays for sure. Uh, Kevin Byard. I love the Kevin Byard story because Deion Sanders didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. You remember that when Deion, Deion like, yeah. he's like, you stay a fan. I'll stay being the man. He's like, uh, sir, I'm an all pro safety and you cover the NFL for a living. <laughs> Shouldn't you know who I am? Like that, but, and I'm not trying to dog Deion here, but like that perfectly explains. Uh, Kevin Byard, because I, I think the average fan would not know how well he has played over the last few years, even if he maybe had a down season in 2019. Yo, Kevin Byard, and when I look at the safeties, when it comes to just attacking the football, Kevin Byard probably is the best attacking safety in the league, attacking the football. I mean, numbers don't lie, man. The last three years, 17 interceptions. 17 interceptions. Kevin Byer plays safety. The last three years, 33 PBUs. He's getting his, he's gotten his hand on the football 33 times over the last three years. So people are, have been sleeping on him for such a long time. And I think it has a lot to do with the market. Um, and Tennessee has been relevant. I mean, they have, they, they're not like a bottom dweller team in the NFL, but people have just been sleeping on. The Tennessee Titans, some of their elite players, but Kevin Byard, man, yes, I mean, like, well, like, a, like a good example, like Darrell Casey, who's now with Denver, got traded, but like he was, a, he's been a great player for years, and nobody really paid attention to him because he's in Tennessee. Uh, Adoree, yeah. Adoree Jackson is a lot better than people think. 
Um, but you know, doesn't get the love because he's in Tennessee. I, I think, I just think if you're a defensive player for the, like the only guy that people know from the Titans is Derrick Henry. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And, and remember, it took some time for the people to really respect his name. Sure. Earl Thomas, uh, did he, what did he show you? Did he, did he flash some of what you, uh, speaking of Derrick Henry, the guy got destroyed by Derrick, just Derrick Henry destroyed him in the playoffs. Uh, but Earl Thomas, I thought was pretty darn good for the Ravens last year. They seem to have a, a, a knack for resuscitating careers over there. I know question. I, I, the thing I like, I, I like, I like about Earl is his structure, the situation. Remember I talked about that structure that was associated with, uh, Gilmore in the, in the New England Patriots. The same could be said for Earl Thomas. Now remember, last year we saw Earl Thomas, but the last time we saw Earl Thomas before being in a Baltimore Raven uniform, he was getting caught off the football field. Right? Yeah. Now Earl is, he's a bit older than some of the guys that's on my list, but I think what we saw last year, was a flash of what he can do this season. Um, I think he had around like what, two interceptions or something like that. But just his ability to command center field, he's the ultimate traffic cop. You know what I mean? He's a guy that can conduct traffic and make sure people go where they're supposed to go. And he's the right guy you want to have, so you want to have at your, at, as the last line of defense for me. So <clears throat> I have Earl on my list based on some of the things he did last year, but also the expectations. I mean, Baltimore, the Ravens, they got two top tier corners, right? They got three dudes that, that made your two lists here. I mean, yes, got they. Got the defense dudes, needs got, to be good. You got you got three dudes that made my list in the secondary alone. You added Calais Campbell, right? Yep. You added Derek Wolf. Brandon Williams is one of the best sleep on nose tackles in the game, in my opinion. Right? You get Patrick Queen in the draft. Um, I, I, I think eventually he's going to really show up and show out. And I really love Chuck Clark at the strong safety. I think Earl Thomas and Chuck Clark will be able to coexist nicely in the secondary. So all those factors for me, all those key nuggets, that had to be a reason why I had to have Earl in my top 10 as well. Sounds like you're unfortunately sort of talking yourself into the Ravens being really good this year again. I mean, when you got Lamar Jackson, mm. you can def- you can just drop the mic after just mentioning his name, right? I mean, they're loaded, man. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, I, 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 when I say it sucks, I mean, for a Steelers guy. Uh, top five guys, Justin Simmons, franchise tag, uh, out in Denver, Jamal Adams, Derwin James, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Tyron Matthew. Uh, Simmons, another guy I think sort of falls in the, the Kevin Byard, uh, category in terms of people sleeping on him. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No question. Uh, he's another guy that's underappreciated in my opinion. Uh, I think it was a third or fourth round selection a few years ago from Boston College. Uh, but, but he's a baller. You can't really argue what you prefer him to do, be in coverage or be around the box. He does, he does both things well. And, and just his ability. If you want to watch a safety that's so ball aware, when I mean ball aware, what I mean when I say that listeners, he's always, he knows exactly when the ball is in route to his Cover, cover guy. And he puts his hands up at the most, at the, at the right time. And he just, he's always around the football. Uh, over 200 pounds, 6'2 guy, 6'2 guy. And, and looking at some of his numbers, I mean, four years, he has 11 interceptions. He had four last year. The year before that, he had three. Uh, he had 15 PBUs. But the last two years, he had over 90 tackles, total tackles. I mean, he's, he's a football player. He's a natural football player. 
And I can tell you this much. That defense, Will, I know you play fantasy football. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're not as good as me, but you, you try. <laughs> but, like hey, it. that Denver Broncos defense might be a real low-key sneaky fantasy defense to have. I, I agree with you. I would say the only reason why you don't want the Denver Broncos in fantasy Kansas City. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, basically. Yeah. But, but, you know, they've done a pretty good job slowing him down. And, like, Vic, yeah. you, know, you know, the other thing, too, just on Denver really quickly, uh, and we, t- I think we talked about this, we talked about this in our Broncos podcast, but, like, you know, I, I think they got a lot better as the year went on, and that was after they lost Bradley Chubb to an ACL, but it seemed like it took Vic Fangio a while to adjust to calling plays from the, from the sideline versus calling them from the booth. Yeah, it, it took some time for Vic to understand the personnel, and it took some time for the personnel to understand Vic. And I think that defense played, like, their last six ball games, they played real good football. And a lot of that had to do with Von Miller. Last six ball games, I think Von Miller had uh four sacks and had six-game stretch. So yeah. healthy Chubb with Von Miller, especially motivated, yeah. I think that defense, along with Jarrell Casey, don't forget about Jarrell Casey. He's at, He's been at it That's right. as well. Yeah, they're loaded. All right, so these last four guys are really interesting. Um, how closely clumped are they? So it's Jamal Adams, Derwin James, Minka Fitzpatrick at two, and Tyron Matthew. They're all very, um, I think Derwin and Minka obviously drafted in the, in the same, taking the same draft. Um, very just incredibly versatile guys who can play all over the place. Honey Badger, as we all know, can play everywhere. And then, uh, like how, like how do you, do you sort of slot those? Like are they very close to each other? Are they inter, are they interchangeable? Yeah, they're all dynamic, you know, great football players. Now, I have Jamal Adams fourth because they don't utilize Jamal like some of the other teams. He's just sort of a box safety. Yeah. Now, and I, and, and Jamal can, he's great in coverage. I love his ball skills. Uh, he plays with good sound eyes, his hips, his feet always on point, but they just put him in the box all the time. Yeah. Like the year that Derwin, his rookie year, the way how they played Derwin, mm. they were the nickel. He played both safety uh, spots. Linebacker. He was, he was out. He was everywhere. Yeah. That, that's don't box these elite. That's how. That's off. how he was in his, his freshman year at FSU too. Like exactly. he was everywhere, and then he got hurt, and and then he slipped in the draft for whatever reason. Like that dude can play. You could line Derwin James up as a defensive end, and he would have like ten sacks. He played. He lined up as an outside rusher at Florida State as well. Ridiculous. And gave that tackle hell. You know what I mean? So for me, that is the issue that I have. And it's not about the individual. It's about how the team utilizes the player. So you think if, so like in a, in a hypothetical situation where Jamal Adams is traded to the Chargers and takes Derwin James's place, you think that they could, you think they would utilize him more like they use Derwin? Yeah. Okay. They could be pretty much the same. They're almost basically like the same guy, the way how they play. Do you, do you think that, do you think that plays into his frustration too about, He's like, listen, I'm not getting paid, and people are yelling about me being a box safety, but that's on y'all. That's not on me. You think that factors in? Maybe. Maybe because it's almost like, you know, if you can put this as a basketball example, um, you got a guy like LeBron who can move around and play everyone on the court, but you only making him play at the top of the key. Yeah. Or like you only have LeBron James post up. Yeah. Like you don't let him handle the ball or anything. But sometimes let them handle the ball. Let them be able to take you off the dribble. You know, let them be able to orchestrate the entire offense. That Jamal can line up anywhere on the football field, post safety, box safety, slot. And they get, he gives them great production. But just for me, the three guys that I have above Jamal, I'm not saying they're just a better, better individual, but they have a better structure 
that can allow them to showcase more than just being in one particular area on the football field at any given time. By the way, Jamal Adams, of all these guys, he's like, because Honey Badger, like, Derwin James is a little bit lankier, like, he's a little bit taller and lankier maybe than you might think. Just Jamal Adams is thick as a brick. Like that yeah. dude tackling you feels like it would be the like the most pain. Like of all these guys on this list, I think Jamal Adams is the least one I would want to tackle. The, like the the last one I would want to tackle me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're both stock. All 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 of these guys except the Honey Badger, they're stocky, big safeties, rangy safeties. They all ran extremely well at the combine, right? I mean, uh, well, Honey Badger probably had posted the slowest time out of these three guys, but Jamal Derwin. Make a big safeties that can run, that are athletic. So why not utilize these guys more in space, or utilize Jamal more in space than just having him around the football? Now he's dynamic at that element too. He's the best uh, uh, listen safety in the National Football League. How about when he stole that ball from Daniel Jones? I mean, he yes. just took and, it and went to the but, house. But it was Daniel Jones right? People talk about how he stole the ball from Daniel Jones. Look at what he did to Saquon Barkley. Mm, just body he ran down. down. He ran down his throat. Yeah. And he didn't, he basically told Saquon, I'm not giving you a move. I'm coming right down your chest. And Saquon is a massive human being. Massive. He's under, yeah, Jamal is the best uh, business safety in the game. Mm. Uh, just hands down. But. So, suffice to say, you think the Jets should pay him, right? Yeah, you know, question. Yeah, I mean, I think so too. I just, just make sure. Um, Who's the best player on the Jets? I mean, Jamal Adams. Right? Okay. He's, he's the only good player who's eligible for an extension on the Jets. And really the only good player on the Jets who's been eligible for an extension in the last five years. Just give him some money. It's not that hard. Yeah. Um, all right. Derwin James and Mika Fitzpatrick. I think that they are, uh, linked kind of, I mean, kind of forever just because of, you know, the Dolphins took Derwin, the Dolphins took Minka 11th overall in the draft and obviously traded him to Steelers last year. Uh, and then Derwin went 17th to the Chargers in the 2018 NFL draft. Very similar players. I, I like Derwin more coming out of college personally, but Minka, I mean, look, it's hard to argue with what Minka has done. And, um, I think, you know, you have him, Minka at two and Derwin at three. Is that because Minka's on the Steelers or because he had a better season last year? Well, he had a better season last year. Derwin Hurt, obviously. Yeah, with Derwin Hurt, granted. But I think Minka will be a part of a better defense as well. Oh, you think the Steelers will be better than the Chargers? Man, yes, goodness. Really? What are you, where are you going to go? You got Bud Dupree, who finally found the light switch last year, and I think he's going to find it again because it's a contract year on one side. T.J. Watt, who was whew, yeah. who was a grown man last year, Stephon it healthy. He's a deep freezer that can't be moved out of, out of the kitchen. Cam Hayward. Then you look at the linebackers, Bush, Vince Williams. I mean, you have first round after first round almost. Hey, all, no, no, uh, no Joe Hayden on your quarterback list. I didn't have Joe Hayden. It was hard for me. I didn't know it was hard for me to get him on there. Okay. Was, and there's another guy that it was hard for me to leave off. Um, but I, I love Joe Hayden. Can, can the Steelers player. be the best defense in football this year? Yes. Ooh. Yes. Are the are have you have you have you enjoyed all the players on the Pittsburgh Steelers attacking our guys who made these lists? And are they attacking? Do you think it was the Minka? Did like is this is this BMAC uh, amplifying it into Steelers Nation and then like Steelers like because Cam Hayward well, blasted Ryan for having him seventh on the interior defensive lineman list. 
Yeah, the thing is about, you know, some of those key guys that you're mentioning, they feel the disrespect because how well they played last year. Yeah. They carried the team. They they literally carried the team, especially without Big Ben. And I think they will have another top flight year once again. But defensively, it has to be their strong suit, I think, based on the individual talent they have. The individual talent they have, I mean, like, you can't name – they run a 3-4. Mind you, they were like one of the top teams, I think, in, in sacks last year defensively. But individually, T.J. Watt is one of the best individual pass rushers in the game. Stand-up rushers. You know what I mean? Of course, you can, you know, Von Miller and some of the other guys. But T.J. Watt, he's starting to become a, become a grown man. Dupree has always had the athleticism. He just wasn't able to put everything together. Cam Hayward, I mean, he, he just keeps chopping wood. He keeps chopping wood. Devin Bush, I love Devin Bush. Yeah. Bush, Bush started to play back. well last year. Like, and, a, and like also, down the stretch, you could tell he like it was clicking for him and he could have a big season. And a, and a, and a big time under the radar signing for the Steelers was Steven Nelson. He yeah. played real good football opposite of Joe Hayes. Uh, all right. And then, uh, number one, the honey badger. I, yeah, yeah I, I think, I think that it took a little bit. It took, it took like half the season for that defense to really, adjust to Steve Spagnuolo and what he wanted to do with them. And Spags had to really shift some stuff around and, and kind of play with different different personnel and everything. But when they got, like, the final six games of the season, the Chiefs were a top ten defense, and it, it really starts and ends with Honey Badger, right? Yeah, Honey Badger and, and Chris Jones, in my opinion. I think, for me, I have Honey Badger number one on my list because he has the numbers to back up the argument to be the number one guy but also the different roles, the different positions he can play. You know, we started to see the honey badger that we saw in, what, 20, was it 2015? Was it 2015, I think, in Arizona? He had that huge year, big year. Was yeah. it 2015, like that? And then, of course, we know what he did at LSU, but that's what we're starting to see with the honey badger right now. I mean, last year they utilized him ideally. Uh, he was, you know, putting pressure on quarterbacks. Uh, he was creating turnovers. Um, I mean, he was getting his hands on football balls. He was tackling well. And you can tell he kind of changed the dynamics of what they did in the secondary. Yeah. It took some time for him to kind of establish that role. But when he did, they took off. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I can't argue with this list. I think it's a really good, uh, production. If you, if you had to pick, if you, who would be the, the safety on this list? I should have asked you this on the, but I think the answer is probably Jalen Ramsey for the cornerbacks. But if you had to pick somebody from this list who could dethrone Tyron Matthew for the top, uh, safety spot, who, who, who would you, who would it be? Derwin James. Mm, I agree with that. I think if Dur if Derwin has, if he progresses the way in, in year three, the way we thought he probably would in year two, I mean, like you look at those stats and even he sort of did it down the stretch last year, but like, his stats, his, his, I mean, three picks, 13 passes defense, three and a half sacks, four tackles for loss, six QB hits. I mean, it's just 105 total tackles. Games, how many games? That was, that was, that was his rookie season. I'm just saying like, yeah, yeah. the production across the board is just wild how he does it. Uh, all right. Follow up. Bryant at BMAC under, is it BMAC underscore sports talk? Is that it? Yes, sir. Yes, all right. Sir. Follow him on Twitter there. Watch him on CBS Sports HQ. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow to talk linebackers. BMAC, always a pleasure, buddy. All right, take care. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. 
This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.